G'day everyone and welcome to the 78 Amps podcast. My name is Max Higgins and joining us today is a very exciting up and coming electronic producer putting out some really truly unique tracks. Rona, full name Rona Glenn McDonald. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm good. We like to kick it off here basically by asking the same question each week, which is what uh, what have you been listening to? What's been spinning in, in your playlists? Oh, I've been doing a bit of digging lately. And so I've been listening to all kinds of things. I'm playing a few shows that are in very different spaces. So I've been going deep in some different genres, but been listening to a lot of <laughs> Reflex Blue lately, who's an artist based in Victoria, loving his stuff. I think his music is incredible and hopefully I'll catch a, a show of his soon. <laughs> when you say you've been listening to a lot of stuff that kind of reflects a lot of the different spaces that you've, you've been in, do you find that, um, you know, the artists are, is it artists that are sort of associated with those spaces or are you trying to push the boundaries and think like, how can I incorporate different stuff into, into playing different spaces? I've been kind of thinking about, yeah, different stuff for different spaces, but referencing where I am in the world. So if I'm playing in Nam, I love to play a few artists from Nam. If I'm playing in the Territory, you know, I love to play some artists from the Territory and just really honour and pay homage to the local artists wherever I am. But in saying that, I've definitely been doing some digging of a lot of stuff from overseas and I recently <laughs> re-catalogued all the folders in my catalogue and started, like, putting them in, like, regions and countries before it even goes to genres to just think about, like, where is it coming from that I'm writing, like, I'm, I'm bringing into my sets and how can I honour, yeah, all those different kind of influences from across the world. Have you found that like recategorizing by kind of area, do you, do you, have you found that there's any sort of connecting through lines in the, like when you start to, once you've gone in, like you go region, then genre, do you find that there's any through lines in, in that sort of next level down? Yeah, often like, you know, music is often driven from place and the roots are always from somewhere, but it's interesting when you like look at the roots of the genre and then like see how it expands out, like, you know, I've got a Detroit techno folder and I've got like a UK garage folder and they're like very much driven by place. But then you start seeing how that music then spreads out across different countries as as people find influence from those original sources. Yeah, it's interesting. It, like uh, the the connection between, I guess, mu- music and, and, and area or location, I guess, it'd be like charting something in a, in a visual format with like, like putting it by map would just be such an interesting way to, to chart like your music collection, you know what I mean? 100%. And I'm like, I'm going to be in this game for a long time, so I might as well start now. I was talking to another DJ who was like, I don't know how helpful that is. Like you're just having to click through so many different folders to get to the point where you want to be. Um, but for me, it's working right now. We'll see if I reframe in the next few months or years. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about your debut EP, Closure, which um, is is out now. And it's it's one of the most unique introductions that I've heard to an artist in a long time. I mean, first off, it, you know, it is a shorter track, it's a shorter EP in terms of the number of tracks, but each track is sort of packed with these layers and great textures and, and all, like, it's very dense in, in that way. What was the kind of the impetus to only release three tracks uh, to kick it off? I think... It felt right to me. I love the number three. It's always been my favourite number. But I wanted to, you know, build a body of work that brought in lots of different energies but had a cohesive feel. And I think that, um, yeah, if I'd gone any more, like, it's great, but 
I think three, it really felt like it embodied the things that I wanted to embody and I kind of stopped there. You know, there's way more in the catalogue and there's way more that will come up in the future, but three is my favourite number and the tracks <laughs> is really different and I think maybe if I'd gone to like, you know, four or five, there might be some, you know, similar veined ideas that are reproduced throughout it and I really wanted to have three tracks that stood alone in their own right. <laughs> that's going to be very excited for the third release then. I feel like that's going to be something huge. <laughs> uh, you're right though. Each of the tracks is, is very unique and, and, and different from each other. And they're, But sort of the for me, the kind of connecting thread between each of them is that they're very cinematic and they're very, like there's a very distinct, I guess, um, feeling to each one. And for me, the through line for each was that there was this kind of like dark, uh, kind of physically cold uh not not in an emotional way sorry but just like a physically cold kind of feeling to them what kind of what imagery were you kind of aiming for on from your end when you were when you were going to, re- to release these really c- cinematic tracks yeah i think for me the way that i write is really narrative based so i often think about you know what's the storyline here what am i trying to say and what am i feeling and like what's the energy in it that i want to bring and all of the tracks um yeah always started from that place and closure the first single I released and Tioli were really driven by yeah images of the desert and I was writing while I was moving between Mantua Alice Springs and Nam down in Melbourne and moving between those two spaces I was always thinking of like being back home in the desert and wanting to represent that in the space of the tracks and you know I was producing for a while to I get to, got to a point where I felt like I had a body of music that really represented who I was and like what I wanted to say and what I wanted people to feel from the music. And a lot of that is really driven from like Atmos and soundscapes and that energy of country. Yeah, absolutely. And like you you have mentioned before in in press that your connection to country is such an important like part of these tracks and it's weaved throughout um, all three tracks on this release. I mean, on the title track, you, you know, you have someone uh, delivering a monologue uh, in, a, in a First Nations language that is literally about, you know, caring for country. How else do you think that you, you wanted to reflect that theme, like, uh, within the tracks as well as the literal, you know, discussion of country? Yeah, I think that, you know, I realised when I was writing these tracks and probably just before that you can create a whole sonic world through music that is completely unique and I can create a whole sonic world that's connected to place through bringing in you know audio moments from country whether it's like the sound of rustling winds through the desert sand or um the sound of birds and it's been interesting now I'm like I'm continuing to write and, and that's continued to be a reference in everything that I do is that kind of atmos and space and for First Nations communities, music has always, you know, been one of those first forms of cultural expression and knowledge exchange. And my vision and ambition for my music is to be able to continue to bring that knowledge exchange in, whether it's contemporary stories or um, older stories as well that I have permission and authority to centre in the music. Is it, I suppose, you know, you're talk, you, you mentioned before about how you're playing in all these very different spaces and then you also have um country is this this thematic through line for for these tracks when you're um then taking music about specific places and then reproducing it in a in another in a different space 
do you ever find that there's a con- there's a conflict in that or do you find that that's like a, m- a more of an interesting blend of those two things i think it's a really interesting blend when you think about like you know sound being waveforms in any form like natural <laughs> natural environment is just waveforms and then a synth is just waveforms but you've just got like an electronic waveform instead of like a natural waveform so i think that you can do some really interesting stuff with like modern technology but by grounding it in atmos and by grounding it with those kind of natural waveforms it creates this like really beautiful blend of worlds and yeah you know layering synths over the sound of the wind or layering synths over like running water creates this whole world and as you said at the start like the songs are pretty layered and pretty full. I get, <laughs> up, full. I get caught up when I start DJing my own tracks and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I put so many layers in this moment? Like it's so hard to mix in and out of. But I want people to feel part of that world. Like I want them to feel connected to that and be transported to places that they've never been before and, yeah, step into this world of Rona, which, you know, is chaotic sometimes and I'm traveling through many spaces but having that grounding to place and I think since COVID a lot of people have recognized how powerful that connection to place is whether you're First Nations or non-Indigenous it's something that kept us going through some pretty tough times and yeah with that kind of learning that we've all continued to strengthen in our lives I think I want my music to continue to like build that for people. Yeah absolutely and I think you mentioned it before, you know, that there, there is this kind of um, interesting blend between these very natural sounds uh, and these very, you know, synthetic sounds, literally. Uh, do you, when you, when you, you know, you said you, when you're mixing in and out in your DJ sets and you, you're, you're finding all those layers and you're building them up and you're breaking them down, do you find yourself, uh, you know, heroing one set of those sounds? Do, do, you, do, you, do you try to, to boost up those natural sounds or do you try to boost up those synthetic, synthetic sounds? And, and which one kind of speaks to you the most when you're, when you're kind of mixing them in? It's a very interesting question, a great question. I find that I boost the synthetic sounds and pull out the natural sounds, but I think that might just be a reflection of where I've been playing. Like when I played at Strawberry Fields on Yorta Yorta Country, I left them pretty much intact as you know, like barely touch the EQ. And I think that was a reflection of being in like this open space and grounded in Yorta Yorta country. It felt like it it held that space really well. But when I'm in a club, I'm like, these highs, you know, the high end of these tracks is so loud. I'll like turn it down a little bit because it's so much (laughs) When I'm mixing um, Feel It Too, which is the latest track that I've released in the EP, I will like play around with like looping the kick and like make it turn it into a, like a pretty heavy club banger. Very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you're right. It, it really depends on whether you put you, you you're playing that 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 space in that space. <laughs> the um you have got some huge uh, live shows coming up, especially uh you know as you've got your EP release coming up uh, very shortly, and then later in the year you're supporting Rufus to Soul on their Australian tour. When your, uh, you know, fans are approaching you, uh, you know, as some maybe not at one of your headline shows or one of your club shows, they're at, you're at a show where you know a support lot act, support slot act. Oh my god, support act slot is what I tried to say. Sorry. Do you find that people kind of, when they first encounter your music, there's a bit of like um, interest before they dive right into that into the dance floor before they get right into it? Like, do you, do you find that it can be a bit of a hesitation for them? 
I haven't found that yet. I think, you know, not all the shows I've played have had packed dance floors. So I might be playing into like a pretty quiet room because I will be like playing first, which, you know, you got to pay your dues and cut your teeth, um, which I'm so happy to do. But it's really interesting. Like I get somewhat overwhelmed afterwards when like people come up and they were like, oh, I had never heard of you, but I like loved your set. And I'm like, what, really? Like not that they hadn't heard of me, more that they loved the set. Like, <laughs> I'm still such a baby in the space. Like um, I'm still cutting my teeth. So it's pretty wild to like see people yeah, really respond and resonate, even when it's just a DJ set and there's only like a couple of my tracks in there and the rest is just like selections that I've chosen from my favourite artists. But haven't felt the hesitation yet. I think that there's an openness from people to like hear different kinds of things and I often get pretty excited when I'm behind the decks and um, I think that energy that you bring, often people respond to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think when I, when I, you know, first sort of sat down and listened to the EP as a, as a whole, I was like, I don't necessarily know how I'd be throwing down on the dance floor to this, but I would be throwing down on the dance floor to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'd be like having some weird janky movements first. I'd be like, nah, I'm just getting into it. <laughs> yeah, it was wild when I played at Strawberry and I think I played Feel It too. And that was unreleased. Like no one had ever heard it. And like the track came on and the crowd that I was playing to just got like, even more amped and I didn't even know the track and I was like yeah I was so honored I was like I didn't know that people would just resonate with it off the back like I thought they'd have to like have heard it first and got excited about it but yeah they loved it there was some amazing people on the dance floor just there for the whole set having the best time (laughs) that's is does that just like solidify when you know you've got that third track that you haven't dropped yet and, and you're thinking, you know, how's it going to go? You play it live, people go off their fucking mind. And then you're like, yeah, I've picked the right You're one. like, yeah, it's a banger. I, <laughs> I'm cheekily like hoping to bring some like proper unreleased demos into the club this weekend when I'm playing and just see what happens. It's great for <laughs> testing the waters. And I feel like because these tracks were written prior to COVID, and I never got an opportunity to play them anywhere and only started DJing recently. I didn't get that opportunity to see how people respond before it went out. Like I'd show it to my friends. They'd be like, we love it. It's amazing. I'm like, well, you're biased. But this time around <laughs> I get to be able to like test the waters with things before deciding if they're going to stay in or go. That's an interesting point. If you a lot of this writing was done before COVID, then do you did you when you were going to to the release phase, did you think oh, there's bits I've got to change, or did, did you want to keep it you know uh, holistically as it was kind of when you when you pulled it together? Yeah, I didn't change much to be honest. There was like one vocal hook that I changed, and that was was about it. Everything kind of stayed intact, and I knew that as soon as I started, I was opening a can of worms, and like. I wouldn't stop if I was getting back into those sessions. And like, <laughs> they were the demos that I pitched out and they were the demos that everyone got excited about. So I was like, just going to give them their space and, and put them out into the world. It's so funny when like, we've asked uh, that kind of question for a few people who've had releases that have landed either side of, of COVID and you get, there's two distinct answers. There is someone who says, no, it has to be the way that it was. Or someone who's like, I like spent hours going back in and tinkering and playing with just like pre like this levels and stuff like like didn't rewrite the song but just levels yeah. and changed it because they've been in their house for so long <laughs> yeah you, you can spend years doing that right like literally oh, yeah. weeks months years and i once i feel like a track's there i'm like okay 
it's it's done now. Just put it on Dropbox and make sure it never gets lost to the world, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you also uh, you've also scored a fairly massive spot on the Falls Festival lineup uh, towards the end of the year. Aside from like sweltering summer heat, what what can uh, fans expect from a uh, a festival slot like that that they might not expect from from a, a deep DJ club set? I think it'll be a lot of fun. I, it's so far away. I don't know where I'll be in that space, like what I'll be listening to. But I want to bring in a whole lot of my own stuff. I'll have some new tracks out by then, which will be exciting. And yeah, it'll just be an opportunity to see see it in the flesh. But I take people on a bit of a journey. I think. You won't expect one genre. What you hear in this EP won't be the only thing that I play. There'll be a lot of different stuff thrown in. So expect a good time. <laughs> That's a great thing to expect, and I'm big on that. <laughs> Rona, your debut EP, Closure, is out now. So everyone who's listening should get around and, and wrap their ears around that uh, release. It's fantastic. Uh, your EP launch will be at the Melbourne Club Colour on June 4th. Uh, you're also heading on the road, as I mentioned, with Rufus Dussol as and some Falls Festival spots later in the year. Thank you so much for, for taking the time today to, uh, to have a chat. Thanks for having me.